Hello, and welcome to You Just Got Homeschooled. This is RJ, and today I want to talk about testing. Now, I'm, it includes state testing, but I'm not limiting to myself to testing in a formal sense of like some sort of high-stakes testing that you might get with your state or a, a federal government of some way, shape, or form. I'm just talking about testing in a much more general, broader spectrum of testing. Now, Obviously, we've all probably been through tests in some way, shape, or form, right? Um, spelling tests, especially in elementary school, multiple choice tests, essay tests, short answer, you know, you name it. I know that I've gone through the gamut. Um, I'm actually, I'm a good test taker. I actually enjoy tests. I'm one of those weird people that would voluntarily take tests. Um, but it's for a reason that I'm going to get to in a little, a little bit later, rather than the way that what tests are typically used for. So if you think about the various types of tests you might take, right? A spelling test would be simply that. We're testing your spelling. Um, a multiple choice test is great from a teacher's perspective because I'm able to see whether or not you're familiar, <laughs> familiar enough with the information that I taught you to pick the right answer out of a lineup, right? Um, an essay test gives me a little bit more information but requires a lot more work on my part. I mean, generally, testing is there for the purpose of determining what a student knows. And that's not a bad thing, really. I mean, in some ways, we got to have a measure. And tests are useful in a lot of different ways. For example, a test might be really useful to, to confirm for me or to demonstrate to me that you know something, whatever that is, right? Um, testing your skills in CPR or, you know, obviously, you want your, de- your doctors heavily tested, Right, so that they know in a pinch, or your, the the teacher people who are teaching them know in a pinch that they understand the right procedure or the right outcome or the right diagnosis, and they're not just willy nilly guessing. But there's also limits to testing. So if you think about this, why do we test? We test for a couple different reasons. One, we test to see what a student knows. Two, we use it to confirm that they've learned something. Um, and then three, we use it to measure students against other students. So, um, and all those things have their place, right? So obviously we want to know as instructors that our students know things. And obviously we want to be able to measure them against other people to see whether or not they're on par, above, below, all those type of things. And um, we want to use it as a measurement to, to guarantee. So those are all useful, but tests are not always fair. And this is what I mean by it. Some people are good at tests. Other people are not. Right? And we know this. We know this just from practice. Some of us are good at certain types of tests and fail at others. Me, for example, I'm a good test taker, especially in the format of multiple choice. Because although I may not be able to parrot back to you exactly what you asked for, if I see it, the chances are if I've seen it before, I will remember it enough to guess right. Or sometimes, you know, like I'm good enough with context clues in a question to decipher the right answer by saying, well, that's obviously not it and that's not it. So it's probably got to be one of these two, which changes a, you know, 25% chance to a 50% chance. And yet there are people who are not good at those and um, are going to be anxious and second guess themselves or triple guess themselves. I've seen students erase answers, erase correct answers and placed wrong answers on there after second guessing themselves multiple times. Right In an essay test, the same type of thing. Um, an essay test can be made or broken simply by whether or not the student knows how to present the information they do know. For example, 
if I asked a, a, a short answer essay question that said something like, um, describe to me what the, res- or describe to me the voyages, the, the voyages of Christopher Columbus that discovered the West Indies, right? And I, and I asked the students to write a paragraph or two. If the student remembered dates like 1492 or whatever month or you know, the names of the tribes, those type of things, where they landed specifically, and they wrote those things down, they're going to score really well. But then another student who may not remember the specifics, um, but, they, but because they don't remember the specifics, they shut down and they don't write anything or they don't write much, they may score really poorly. Because even if you don't remember the specifics, if you remember that oh, I'm not sure exactly when in the 1490s it was, but I know it was the first half of the 1490s. If they rewrote, instead of saying in 1492, they said in the first half of the 1490s, right? Me as a teacher, I'm going to read that and say, oh, you know something and give you credit for it. They say, you know, they landed on, in what is, or what they called the West Indies, which we would now call the Bahamas, Right? Even if you can't tell me which island, I'm going to give them some credit for that. If they say this is the, you know, the native peoples there wore uh, jewelry made of gold, which struck the conquist or the, the uh, Columbus's men's um, desire for wealth. Right? Even if they can't give me specifics of tribe names and locations, being able to construct it correctly or reword something in a way that it shows that they know something, even though they don't know everything, could make the difference between a B and an F, simply because they shared what they knew. But if they don't know how to do that, they're not going to do well on, the, on that kind of test. So, and here's the other problem with testing. When we use testing to measure students against other students or against a norm, right, to verify that they know something that's been dictated from on high, we have this problem of, especially when there's money attached. This has been the problem with state standards or common core standards or whatever. Whenever there's money attached to testing, it puts a heavy incentive on teaching to the test. Right? I know that I had a class in high school, um, a period every day, that was there to teach me test-taking skills. So what it really was there to do was teach me how to take a test, not teach me any content that would be on the test. And so... We have this problem with high stakes testing, which is when money's attached to it, where by nature of the value of the test going up because money's attached to it, schools, institutions, individuals will put higher and higher stakes or higher and higher um, value on teaching, understanding, anything that has to do with doing well on the test. For example, um, I've heard of people, especially those people in a higher socioeconomic bracket, going to doctors that might be a little bit more easily um, convinced of things and having their students diagnosed with things like ADD so that they can receive an IEP, which is an individualized learning plan at a, in a school, um, which then changes the rules by which a student tests. So a student who has an IEP could have written in their IEP, there's no time limit on tests. Now, that may not be very impactful on a unit test at, the, you know, at a classroom level, but might be really impactful because if that's on his IEP there, 
there, it'll also be on his IEP and be different when he goes to take an SAT or an ACT test to qualify for college. In which case, now where everyone else has four hours to do the essay, he has an unlimited time frame to do the essay. Now, if he doesn't actually have ADD, that's actually an unfair advantage. But if you have the ability to work the system, you might work the system. And then the question becomes, is it really a fair assessment? Right? And so this is the problem with teaching to the test and high-stakes testing, is that we have this, this shift of we teach what is most valuable to score highest on the test, not as what, what is most valuable for the student, not as what is, what is most valuable for their further education, not as what, what is most valuable for the society as a whole, simply what is the best measure for the test. So you also see another thing I've seen a lot is um, math teachers basically being forced to go through as much of the content as possible, whether or not a student gets it, because if the test covers all these different sub subjects, right, in math, as different, you know, equations or processes or whatever else, if I only teach 70% of them, but I teach those 70% really well, what that means is, is that 30% of students who might have actually done well across the board can't do really well across the board because they haven't been taught that last 30%. But in the process of trying to cover 100% of the material, I'm going to lose a bunch or everyone's not going to do really well. So I cover this you know, subject in the middle of September, but sometimes the test in March or April, I don't remember it because we didn't practice it because we had to move on. And this becomes a problem across the board. And <clears throat> it's not that I have a problem with testing as a whole. I just want us all to recognize that it's just a snapshot of a particular moment. Now, obviously, if a kid consistently does well in testing, they're probably going to continue to do well. But if a kid consistently does poor in testing, the same thing is true. And that may not be a great measure of their ability. Um, they may have a bad day. The question may have been worded weird. They may have, like, for example, um, my freshman year of high school, uh, I had PE, so it was, it was finals. So we had block periods of two hours. I had two hours of PE, and then I went from my two hours of PE to uh, life science. And I did my life science. Was it life science? I think it was life science. It was earth science, something like that. Some biological-based science. I had killed that class. Like, my grade going into the final was 117% because I had done every all the work and I had done all the extra credit. I was set in golden. But because I had not had a good enough breakfast in the morning, like I had a relatively small breakfast, and I had two hours of PE and expended a lot of energy, my blood sugar was dropping, and it had never happened to me before, and I didn't know that that's what was happening, really. So I got to my final, and I remember sitting down, and the first page or so of the test was fine. But I distinctly remember getting to a point in the test where I was reading the first half of the sentence and then reading the second half of the question or the sentence. And by the time I finished the second half of the sentence, not remembering what the first half said because my blood sugar was plummeting. I completed the test. I didn't do terribly great. And then I went home. When I got home, um, I had to walk home. This was about a mile. I walked home. Um, When I got home, I was slurring my speech. I was choosing the wrong words. My mom got scared and called, you know, the ambulance. They came out. And by the time I was there, my, my body had rectified, had pulled whatever reserves it needed to, and I was back up to normal, even though I hadn't eaten anything. I hadn't eaten because I suspected that was probably what was wrong, but I didn't want to if I wasn't sure. Right? So 
But I didn't score very well on that test, even though I had aced the class. But it wasn't because I didn't know the material. It was because of the circumstances of the day. Right? Some people have intense anxiety when it comes to testing. And so, or they just, they, they had a rough night's sleep. Right? Something happened in their family the night before. Um, any number of things. The questions are just weird. Like they're just not familiar with the questions or they, they studied something different. There's so many different ways. And so the test may not be a good measure of what they learned. Or maybe just in a format they're not familiar with or not good with. Right? You ask some people to write an essay and they're going to love you and other people to write an essay and they're going to hate you. I know for me, because I don't particularly care for writing, you will never get as good an answer in writing as you would if you asked me the question verbally. Simply because at some point I'm just tired of writing. I just don't want to do it anymore. And it doesn't matter whether it's a test like in class and I got to sit down or whether it's a paper I have to write. At some point, I'm just going to be done. Because I, you know, I'm the kid who I enjoy learning and I enjoy education and I enjoy talking about and, and working through all this stuff. But I hate being limited to having to write it down. And so at some point, I'll just be like, I got my five pages, I'm done. And I'll take a A minus for that rather than spend the extra time to make it an A, a solid A or an A plus, if it costs me another five hours when I've already spent five hours. And so um, testing becomes strange like that. It's, it becomes problematic. Now, this is what I want to say about testing though, on, on the positive side. I think that one of the greatest things we can do for our homeschool kids is to make testing less about you show me what you know and turn it into Let's show, let, let you show yourself what you know, right? A test is a great way to demonstrate for yourself what you know. Um, a good example of this is the Marine Corps at the end of its boot camp has a final test, so to speak, called the Crucible. And it is a multi-day event in which the hopefully soon-to-be Marines, the recruits, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the recruits have to go multiple days with very limited sleep, um, very limited calories, and do things that are crazy. In fact, some of the scenarios that they're put in, some of the activities they have to engage in, some of the tests are not accomplishable, right? Meaning that they, these are physical tests rather than mental ones. So they're like problems they have to solve um, using physical objects that are literally impossible, but you can fail the crucible by choosing to give up, right? And so at the end of the crucible, part of the, the premise of this whole thing is at the end of it, what have you learned about yourself, right? The test, yes, was a measure of see whether or not you can finish, but you finishing is as much about you showing you what you're capable of as it is about you showing them what you're capable of. And I think that's a good thing for tests. I mean, that's part of my mentality. Part of the reason I like tests is I like to measure myself against something that's outside of myself, right? If you don't think you can climb to the top of that, that rock wall and then you do it, yes, the rock wall is a test, but it also proves to yourself that you can do it, right? And that's the really important part about testing. And I think that's something that if we can cultivate that mindset in our students, the test is not something where I'm measuring you against something else. It's you measuring yourself against something. Because if you look at it and say, okay, last week I took the, looked at the spelling test and there's 20 words on it and I got 15 of them right. 
Okay, not that great. Passing, but not that great. But then this week I took it and I got 17 of them right. Well, yeah, it's still not perfect. But instead of it being, oh, look it, I only got 17 right. It's look it, I got two more than last week. That's a big difference. And my mentality shifts because now it's not, you know, did I make it? It's, oh, look at how far I made it. Look at how much improvement there is, right? And it doesn't matter what it is. It can be rock climbing. It can be martial arts. It can be spelling tests. It can be writing an essay. It can be answering questions on a multiple choice because it's just a way of saying, how am I doing against the standard that's outside of myself? Okay, and how can I improve? Because it gives you feedback. Well, maybe the problem is that you are a little bit loose on this part of history or that part of writing, or you couldn't remember the names, you know, like you couldn't remember what exactly a past participle was. Okay, that's a, a definition problem, not a, I don't know what it is, I just don't know what to call it, right? And it helps to identify those things. Um, and like I said, it's only a snapshot of that particular moment. And there's so many factors that go into testing. And so sometimes it's good to give um, students multiple ways in which to test, right? Um, one of my best, one of my favorite students, to be honest, um, from the standpoint of testing is I would give these open-ended projects where I would say, okay, this is the kind of information you need to provide me. And most students did like PowerPoints or things like that. They had to do some sort of presentation. Um, and this, I had this one student, and what she would do is every single time, she would grab a couple of markers, and then on the whiteboard, she would then verbally tell a story and draw pictures to illustrate what she was talking about in this presentation. And we'd be talking like factual presentations. At the time, I was teaching a comparative religions test, or comparative religions and um, history of Christianity, or church history. And... She would tell these stories and they were, everyone was riveted in the entire classroom, including me as a teacher. I'm sitting there watching going, this is amazing because she's such a good storyteller, right? That is a great measure because she had the, the opportunity to bend the assessment to the way that her brain operates and the things that she's gifted in. Now, it's not to say that, my, that the assessment it couldn't be without flaws, but for her in particular, she did a really good job. As were other kids are like creating videos, and that was also good. And so it's kind of this, this give and take. We need to measure, right? That's good. We need to measure for ourselves and for those of us that are the ones doing the grading. We need to know that you know things. But we also need to give you the opportunity to show me, show yourself what you know and what you're capable of. Really, that's what testing about is about. Showing yourself that you're capable of it. <clears throat> and any standard that we set can be taught to. Right, The best way for a school, a brick-and-mortar regular school, to score really high on the state tests, which opens them up for funding, is to skip anything that is not relevant or is not specifically on the test. If the test for 7th grade math does not include addition and subtraction, it is of no value from a standpoint of receiving money from the government to teach anything about addition and subtraction, even if the kids need it, right? The best chance a school has is to get a copy of the test and to cheat. Now, I'm not advising that. I don't think that's a good idea, and I don't think it's good for the students. But it will be a factor in the way in which schools interact with material when all of a sudden money is attached, they're funding, 
is attached to how the school does, how the individual students do. And so I have this love-hate relationship with that kind of stuff because I understand that we need to measure things. But at the same time, is it, re- is it really fair to measure students in, way, in, in one way, meanwhile, at the same time saying every student as an individual needs to be treated differently, right? It's not fair to ask someone who's five foot tall whether or not they can dunk a basketball. That's not a fair assessment, right? They're not a basketball player, most likely if you're five foot tall, at least not if you're an adult and five foot tall, right? It's not fair to ask certain kinds of people to do certain things, and that's not the way their brain works. That's not how they operate. And so we just need to be careful with testing. And um, we need to recognize that testing is far more moldable um, than oftentimes we give it credit to, and that it's, it's not always a great assessment of where a student is. I know that for myself, I can generally gauge where a student is in a five-minute conversation about a particular you know, topic, whatever it is I'm look, working on. I can do a better job of gauging where they're at practically and, and realistically in a five-minute conversation than I could on a 50-question test or 100-question test that has low pressure, right? Because I'm able to explore, oh, what do you know about this? And people are much more willing and able to tell you what they know when they don't feel like they're being watched and measured against something. So I would say encourage you, and I'm encouraging myself in this because it's a little bit hard for me coming from an education background and especially someone who likes tests to say, wait a second, let's look at, right? I encourage you and myself to look at assessment differently, testing differently and say, Am I looking for a measurement of how they're doing? Am I constructing a way, uh, an environment where they can look and say, let me measure myself against something outside so that I can see where I can improve, rather than to say, oh, you didn't make it. Shame on you. Instead of saying, hey, look it, last time you were here and now you're here. Um, this kind of happened with my daughter. We did one of the, the required testing things, and she scored much higher in reading than she expected, than I expected, to be honest. And so she bounced off when she saw and like told everyone that she had access to via social media and just kind of like, or like not social media, but like uh, texting. Uh, she's like, look at what I did. And I'm like, you're really proud of that. And I'm glad you're proud of that. It wasn't me sitting there like, oh, look, you could be higher. It was me saying, hey, look, here's what you scored. She's like, wow, I scored that high? Exactly. So now she has more confidence in herself rather than less. And that's what I want to encourage us all to just consider, right? Um, reframe testing as less of a tell me what you know and more of a show yourself what you're capable of, right? Because then, just like with the Marines, right, when things get tough, you can look back and be, I've been in tough places before where I didn't think I could do it and look at what I did, right? Maybe I'm not all the way there, but I'm much closer than I was before, whatever that is, right? I know what it's like to, to fail a little bit, but also how to see progress. And that progress gives hope, and that hope um, will eventually be what carries you forward in something that is hard and difficult. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please like, subscribe, um, share with your friends. Um, I'm hoping to see this thing grow and grow and grow as more and more families, I think, in the United States 
uh, and around the world will choose to bring their kids home and choose to invest in their kids and in their lives. And um, I just want that to grow. Um, I want to see more and more families take control um, and take ownership and see more and more kids freed from what is typically kind of an overbearing system, one that puts too much emphasis on things that are not really helpful um, and not good for the student where they spend hours and hours and hours and hours day in, day out, week after week, studying stuff that they could get in five minutes if it was taught to them one-on-one, or already get and are now being bogged down by the rest of the class. So please like, share, um, talk to your friends about it, hit the buttons, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, Homeschooled Podcast, and have a great day.